say this word, I mean it. I don't mean in the ideal sense. I mean in uh, every day, every little thing you do. It's such a gimme, gimme, gimme. Everybody back off. You know, everybody's like you taught that from school, everywhere. Big business. You want to be successful? You want to be like Trump? Gimme, gimme, gimme. Push, 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 push. Step, step, step. Crush, crush, crush. That's how it all is. And it's, you need to help black kids, Mexican kids, Korean kids, whatever. But it needs to be real. And it needs to be before we all die and then you say, oh, I made a mistake. We should have gave them some money. We really should have helped these folks. It's going to be too late. Say this world. Hey, what's up, family? Thanks for tuning in to Still Searching Podcast. Man, I hope they don't uh, pull this one because of the Pac song. Yeah. Dude, I can listen to Pac all day. Happy birthday to Tupac. As of recording this, today is officially Tupac's birthday. Um, Today is June... 14th no i'm sorry 16th june 16th and um just kind of was inspired by Pac's birthday today and wanting to uh put something out that i am recording this show today so um welcome it's just me today i haven't really done too many of just myself um carrying the show so we'll see how it goes. I don't know if this is going to be a bonus episode or 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 what. Um, so just checking in before we get into today's episode, just some quick housekeeping. Um, thank you guys, of course, for always supporting and listening. Um, you can find us on Spotify, Apple, which are the two biggest platforms for podcasts. So um Make sure you guys support us, follow us, give us a review and a rating on Apple, only if it's positive, right? That'll help it get picked up and and noticed and found easier. So do that for your boy. I really appreciate it. Um, Yes, support as well. If you'd like to support, you can do so on our Anchor page, anchor.fm slash still searching. And a shout out to two very special people, Josh Vi. And my dad, Rudy Trujillo, for always supporting. They support uh, on a monthly basis. So love you guys. Thank you. You guys uh, mean the world to me. Um, Yes. So that's it, guys. We're still, um, I guess, sort of in quarantine, but things are starting to open up and things are starting to get moving again. And we've been um, going through so much in 2020 so far. It's been to say the least, it's been a whirlwind, and I know so many people are going through it, struggling, and some people are actually excelling too, are doing really well. Um, I'm thinking of all of you guys. I know it's um, it's been a challenging year, to say the least, and uh, I'm, I'm going to be playing some some tracks throughout the, this whole episode today. Shout out to Peace586. Um, we, we, we're going to get him on the show beat maker producer hip-hop legend in the underground west coast hip-hop tunnel rat all that good stuff 
so yeah i'll be kind of skimming through his album his latest release um which i have permission to play so we'll be hearing some dope beats and in this episode on quadruple consciousness wait let me do that again quadruple consciousness that was weird um yeah so let's just jump into it (laughs) uh this is not going to be long just a few minutes and i just wanted to talk about this what does this even mean it's in the title of this pot uh, in the, the description of this show quadruple conscious musings of myself and friends on life uh i forgot the description blah 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 but um as if you've listened to the show you know it sort of goes everywhere right there's never really one one thing or one train of thought that runs throughout the uh episode it's sort of everywhere and i've mentioned it before it kind of it's kind of righteous and ratchet and you know my whole thing is i want to get everybody in here different perspectives different point of views different worldviews, which i'm going to be talking about today different backgrounds different stories right of just regular people friends maybe strangers new people i'm going to be meeting and just want to tell stories and talk about the stories that shape us and part of the stories is understanding that we have uh, a worldview right so that's what this whole podcast is all about um going forward i'm not sure if this is if i'm going to do like an official season two or just kind of i don't i don't really know like what happens with that if i create a season two do i what happens with season one i don't know if it still stays there i'm assuming it does but I've seen some podcasts where they do a second season and then all the episodes for season one disappear. I don't know. I got to look into that. Um, but I'm going to have opposing, you know, uh, positions and people I don't necessarily always agree with on the show. And we're going to just talk about stuff. One of the big things I, I want to talk about, I'm going to have a, a police officer come on the show. And this person is an officer at the Rampart Division, which has a incredibly bad history um and i guess since it's been you know it's since it has been reformed but um a police officer's perspective right i want to have somebody to talk about breaking down what exactly does defund the police mean what does that even mean um you know so we're gonna i want to talk about i'm not gonna skate around all of these complicated nuanced uh conversations i want to have them and I want to create that space where we can dialogue and talk to people we may not even agree with. But um, yes, so quadruple conscious consciousness. What does that mean? Well, what that means to me, first of all, I got to take you back to like 2005, six, seven, around there. I came across the book by my friend, uh, actually through my friend Jeremy Del Rio in new york uh i met him way back then and he put me on to a guy that was doing work uh out here in in pasadena named rudy carrasco and he has a book called urban and multi-ethnic outreach volume one and in this book he talks about quadruple consciousness this is where i even first heard this term i have i had no idea what this even meant and if you if you knew me back then She's just so long ago, 2006, she 2005, oh, 15, 14 plus years ago. 
back when blogging was big, I had a blog and the whole thing was based around quadruple consciousness. And uh, the name of the blog, I can't even remember the name of my old blog, but it was something to the effect of quadruple consciousness. And um, that's when we used to blog. <laughs> People actually used to just, instead of like tweeting or posting on Facebook or whatever, we actually used to write out thoughts and like post pictures and articles and express ideas and whatnot. So for you youngsters. Um, so I had, I based my whole thing on this concept because it rocked my world, right? To understand that, man, there's so many different layers and um, what's the word I'm looking for? Um, yeah, layers. Matter of fact, Maybe Shrek can help us um, understand what we're talking about so there's here. There's a lot more to ogres than people think. Example? Example? Okay. Um, ogres are like onions. They stink? Yes. No. Oh, they make you cry? No. Oh, you leave them out in the sun, they get all brown, start sprouting little white hairs. No. Layers. Onions have layers. Ogres have layers. Onions have layers? You get it. We both have layers. <sighs> oh, you both have layers. Oh. You know, not everybody likes onions. <laughs> There's a lot more to <laughs> Yeah, not everybody likes onions. <laughs> that was a classic line at the end. He's trying to explain to him how complicated he is. How, or, you know, he doesn't want to just be just an ogre, right? He's trying to explain to him how there's just different layers to ogres. So that's what I'm trying to get out here and a worldview is this I, I just looked it up right now on google and one of the first things that pops up is this it's worldviews are is a collection of attitudes values stories and expectations about the world around us which inform our every thought and action so when i understood that i have a worldview right and that shapes that informs how i view the world, society, culture, everything around me, you know, I started to really understand myself, right? And that's kind of like the first steps of finding myself. That's what this whole thing is about is still searching, right? For me. And what does that mean to me? What are the different layers that shape who I am as a person? Why do I view the world the way I do? And there's so many things that go into that, right? Time, history, where we are in time, where we were born, um, geography, uh, economy, uh, society, values, um, beliefs, all that, go, you know, go, happens or, or shapes our worldview and who we are as people, right? I'm sure I would have a totally different view of the world if I was born 200 years ago or even a hundred years ago, right? It wouldn't be the same as, um, you know, how I view it today. And, uh, so that's the big, the big thing, right? For me is like, number one, when I first started to understand and find myself is understanding that, yes, I do have a worldview. One of my favorite theologians, uh, N.T. Wright talks about it's, it's more of, it's like glasses or spectacles, right? Glasses are what you look through, not what you look at. 
it's how you view the world, right? So your worldview, sometimes we put on different glasses and, and there's different, you know, I don't wear glasses, but people who do, right? You have a very specific prescription to see things far that you can't see far that help you see them up close or things that you can't see close helps you see. Um, and that's what a worldview is, right? It's the, the lens in which you view the world or lenses. And so what I'm saying is I have multiple, <laughs> multiple lenses in which I view the world, right? Quadruple consciousness. So in Rudy's book, he talks, he has a chapter about quadruple consciousness. Um, and actually, before we get into that, uh, W.E.B. Du Bois wrote in the early part of this century about a double consciousness experienced by African-Americans in the U.S. As fellow Americans, they are insiders in our society, yet they are also outsiders because of their skin color and racism. And he's, he's talking about um, this double consciousness is true also for Latinos. Um, and he talks about his own quadruple consciousness, right? And for him, his quadruple consciousness um, is, is played out in, in, in his book, he lays out how he's discovered, he discovered his Mexican, his, his double consciousness, right? Which makes him a Mexican and also an American, the dynamic that, um, how that plays, right? Being a, a, a Mexican in America. Um, and then one of his other consciousness, he talks about being a Chicano. Um, Chicanos are people like, let's see, what does he writes here? Um, he explains Chicanos are people who like him and me, he explains who are Mexican, but we were born here, live here and are kind of American and how it's different from our, our actual real Mexican families or our parents or grandparents and how that's just a different dynamic. Um, even me, like being a, a Mexican American, I, I, I relate to that. I can actually say that's probably one of my consciousness one of my multiple consciousness and another complicated layer is that I'm a dude that doesn't even speak Spanish. Right. So I'm not even respected by Mexicans because I don't speak Spanish, not Mexicans, but Latinos and, and other people of, of, uh, um, what's the word I'm looking for? You know, other people who speak Spanish. <laughs> so there's that layer, right? Um, and then one of his other consciousness, he talks about being an evangelical Christian and how all the all these different perspectives shape who he is right so that's where this whole idea came from for me when i first discovered this in 2006 and i'm looking at his book and actually yeah this particular book was written in 2006 and so like tupac right i opened up with tupac tupac was a very complicated layered nuanced person Right. Sometimes he was that thug, just straight up, you know, thug passion, all about thug life. And other times he was an incredibly caring, um, a caring, loving, uplifting individual. And also you got that revolutionary side of him. Right. And, you know, you can listen to Tupac and you can get so much out of him because, you know, he one of my favorite albums, probably my favorite Tupac album is me against the world. And this is like after he got shot 
in New York before he came to Death Row Records. And then you kind of get a different version of Tupac, you know, when he comes to Death Row. By the way, for the record, I hate California Love. My daughter knows this. Don't ever play that song around me. I just feel it's just so cheesy and corny when Drake got on it. It's cool. I mean, I get it. I totally get it. It just, I like me against the world, Tupac. You know what I mean? That's just my my thing. Um, I love that album because it's so nuanced, right? He's he's he raps about a lot of his his pain, his struggles, and one of the most chilling songs I remember, even just being a kid, and just this song used to just was eerie to me because it was so prophetic and um, sort of scary. Let's see if you guys know what I'm talking about. No, that's not it. Here we go. And this song is so eerie because he just foretells his death. Back in elementary, thrived on misery. Left me alone when I grew up amongst the dime breed. Inside my mind, couldn't find a place to rest. Until I got that dug like tatted on my chest. Tell me, can you feel me? I'm not living in the past. You wanna laugh? And in this song, you kind of get his theology too, right? He kind of felt like he was destined for hell. He even says it. I know my destiny is hell. Where did I fail? And part of the quadruple consciousness that I, you know, see in myself or, you know, more than quadruple is, is, yeah, I am a Christian, but even more layered than that, right? Christianity has so many different streams, beliefs, denominations, you know, just all it's everywhere. And it's kind of like, like how, you know, it's, it's amazing to me how people on extremes on either side can interpret the same scriptures and come up with, you know, their, their worldview. Um, when I say, you know, both sides, I mean, like, I mean, you got people who justified murder, slavery, um, you know, conquest and, and just all kinds of craziness in the name of God. Right. So, but the layer that uh, Christianity that, that I've kind of come to, and I've talked about it many times on the, on the podcast is, is being a deconstructed Christian. Um, what does that mean? Well, I would say go back and listen to a couple of the episodes that I have with TC Moore, who is the official pastor of the still searching podcast. And we kind of break down deconstruction. Um, I think me and Kelly, on the last episode, talk about it. And it's basically being okay with the questions that you have or not, not always needing to be right or correct and being okay with searching and doubt and struggling with, uh, these scriptures. It's okay to question things. Um, I know growing up in church, we were always taught like, no, you should never question, right? This is, it is what it is, says what it says. And, you know, it's much more (laughs) layered and nuanced than that, as we come to find out. And even studying theology, it's, 
it's uh, context, right? Understanding these things and um, why they were written in a certain, you know, time and all that good stuff. So without sound getting too rambly here, just wanted just to talk about that. So when you read or when you listen to this podcast and it says quadruple consciousness, this is what we're talking about, right? And like Tupac and a lot of us, right, there's more, there's so many different layers and Shrek. A lot of us are just ogres. A lot of us are onions and not everybody likes onions like Donkey says. So I think that's it, man. I mean, uh, another one of my theologians that I love, I mentioned him already was N.T. Wright, and he has the whole thing on worldviews, right? And he talks about story, the stories that shape us, the stories we tell ourselves, the stories that history tells us, um, the elements of the narrative of culture. And then he goes into symbols, right? What are symbols that reinforce that story? Um, artifacts, buildings, right? Things like that. And then he talks about praxis, um, automatic actions. What do people do? And it also, he also talks about, um, questions. So those four different things go into our worldview, story, symbols, practice, questions. Who are we? Where are we? What's wrong? What time is it? Solutions, right? And these things begin to shape our beliefs and our behaviors. So that's it, guys. Um, just wanted to hit you with that one. Think about that for a while. Think about just think about the things that you believe. Why do you believe them? Who told you that? Why do you believe that? Right. We think of uh, some of the topics now on racism. Some of you might say, well, I'm not racist. You know. Why do you think you're not racist? Right. I think the thing is, is, is how can we be anti-racist? Right. Especially right now. Um, coming to grips and to terms with our dark, dirty history of racism in America. Right. We'd be completely naive to to not admit that. That we have profited off of um, systems of racism in this country. Right. So. Why do you believe what you believe? How did you get that idea in your head or, you know, how did that form? How did those ideas form in your head? And you'll come to find out it's like, yeah, because um, because of my worldview, because of how I grew up, the neighborhoods I was in, the school I went to, the church I went to, the college I went to all go into shaping who we are as people and how we view the world and how we interact with that world. So in conclusion, <laughs> As far as being a Christian, I always try to filter everything through that main lens or those glasses, not in a, you know, American version of Christianity type of way, but just getting back to the original way, right? Jesus, I always try to filter it through, through that. I, th I don't know why I'm thinking of those corny corny bracelets of what would Jesus do right in a way but 
in a way it's kind of still true like would jesus be fighting for the rights of people who are oppressed right now in 2020 i would probably say yeah i mean if we really pay attention to what he's doing in these you know in the scriptures so like tupac like shrek um multi-layered right nuanced and sometimes complicated and don't always have the right answers can't tell you like this is exactly this or that life isn't always you know black or white sometimes it's very gray and um i think we just need to remember that we're all human beings living this life as best as we can and uh we need to just treat each other better be nicer love each other what does that mean how does that play out well that's you know that's part of that's part of the uh the struggle that's part of the 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 journey and um Again, closing with the whole Jesus thing is the Lord's prayer is, you know, I try to pray that every day of letting, you know, it says, may your kingdom come on earth as it is in heaven. And what that means to me is just God's way, God's rule, God's government, God's system. May it be happening on earth the same way it's happening in that god dimension so that's it guys thank you for tuning in to this episode um i haven't done one by myself i think since like quarantine first started where i did like a prayer that put people to sleep so i heard um so yeah guys i hope you enjoy this episode let me know if you get in touch to with your multiple worldviews and presuppositions and assumptions you have in, in about the world love to hear about them love to talk about them all right guys thank you for listening appreciate you guys love you guys and i'll talk to you on the next one peace Trying to kill y'all.